Welcome to the Point of Pittsburgh podcast. Uh, I am Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, uh, it's it's getting close. We're going to be playing some real games. Uh, what you do? You have a a take. I don't know if we want to actually cover this, but I mean, just kind of in the leadoff spot. Do you have any takes on the World Baseball Classic and what happened with Japan versus USA? Yeah, I think it ended up being a lot more exciting than. I would have thought it was going to be. I, I didn't end up watching any of it myself. Um, but that being said, I mean, it was a spectacle. I mean, my 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 Twitter feed was a buzz with, uh, with with conversation about the, uh, the 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 U.S.'s late run uh, to the finals. Um, and, and for all intents and purposes, it's a great game. I mean, like teammate striking out teammate. Like you can't draw that up any better. Like that's the kind of storyline that the World Baseball Classic needs to actually get off the uh you know off its feet and and really kind of into the mainstream right did it feel like this this one was there was more riding on it or the games were better or it just felt like this one had more stakes than in previous years it seems like the crowd in arizona just really embraced it you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, they were drawing big numbers and, and people were just, you know, I think it was really comes down to the atmosphere. Yeah, it just it just felt like it was getting a lot more attention, too. So, yeah, for sure. I don't... Like I said, I do think it just caught, captured people's attention this time around. I mean, obviously, I don't think um, I don't think the networks were anticipating because the whole thing stayed on FS1 the whole time through, like. I, it'll be interesting to see the next time this this bad boy runs to see if they actually get national coverage. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But but, but last week I uh, I just I was kind of hating on it a little bit, and I, I'm I'm maybe backing off of that stance. You know, it, it was a good week for the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, yes, it was. All right, um, I think it's my turn on the couch, right? It is indeed. All right, nice. So this one's going to be easy, and it's going to kind of piggyback off of what we were just talking about, the World Baseball Classic. And it is my uh, uh, unending dislike of Mad Dog Russo, um, this relic from the 1980s who has not evolved a single one of his opinions from the 1980s, came in with a very predictable contrarian take on the World Baseball Classic and uh, just, it, it was a very jingoistic, uh, narrow-minded, American-centric take uh, that he doesn't realize how the game has evolved and the game is multinational and that it's okay for other countries to have fun and love the game in different ways uh, than his old crusty dinosaur way of loving the game. Um, if you're listening to this podcast and you also happen to like Chris Mad Dog Russo, uh, please stop listening to this podcast. Uh, I cannot stand him. I think he's a blight on baseball in general. I can't believe he still has the level of uh, scope that he has. I mean, he has a pretty major show on both network TV and also on satellite radio. Uh, he's terrible and you should not listen to him. I know it's one of those things like, oh, but you know, he appeals to certain brand of people. No, he appeals to idiots. Um, <laughs> so 
there you go. Uh, that that's it. That's all I got. Kevin, I hear you. Thank you. I really do feel better after getting that off my chest. This is this is legit. This wasn't just acting this week. You actually feel better having ranted about Roussel, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw that 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 Twitter clip, and I'm like, well, my uh, my piece is already written for the week. <laughs> I if if it makes you feel any better, I'm not super familiar with the dude, so uh, he somehow escaped my purview. But then again, I don't really seek out dinosaurs. So he he was his claim to fame was New York sports talk radio with um it was mike and the mad dog that other dinosaur uh okay. who would always fall asleep on the radio uh <laughs> uh mike i can't remember his name he sucks too but they sort of like they were like a power duo for decade like a decade plus in new york sports talk radio okay. and then they sort of like went their own ways uh and both of them have realized that they're like Voltron. They need each other to be super popular, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, they both suck. And we've spent way too much time talking about them. So we're going to move on to our next segment, which is uh, spring training minutia. And these are things that would only be big deals uh, in spring training when there's not a ton of cool things to talk about. So Steve, you want to you wanna go first here? And this is our this is our last one. You don't think we're going to squeeze one in next week? No, I don't think so. I think we'll probably end up, uh, you know, we'll talk about how I'm envisioning our recording going next week once we're done with this. But I don't think it's, uh, I think next year, or next, excuse me, next week, I think we'll uh, we'll be greeting the new season with open arms. So Yes. Um, but anyway, all right, so mine is the, um, uh, so, so our friend of the pod and, uh, and, and, and our, our old pal Ethan, uh, Hulahan, um, he told me how to pronounce it, like, literally one time, and I'm totally, I think that's how you do it. That's, it, that's right, right? He'll let us know on Twitter. I know he will. So, he'll be like, you screwed up again, you need to pay attention to me. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so he, uh, he, made, he posted on Pirates Prospect, that, or excuse me, you know, he posted on, on Twitter um, that, uh, that G-Man Choi is... Uh, uh, the Pirates could conceivably cut him because of the way his arbitration went um, and only pay about 15% of his salary. So, of course, Pirates Twitter went nuts and overreacted and and were like, well, they can't cut G-Man Choi. That would be stupid, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or people were like, yeah, cut him, you know. like So uh, it was just – it ended up just being this, like, weird – uh, just just overreaction to something that he just was posting just to sort of like educate fans and he I, he tweeted about this yeah he tweeted like as much yesterday but it, it it wasn't posed as a thought experiment like what if the pirates cut you know G-Man Choi it was just hey this could this is something they could do and people of course just went just ape absolutely ape yeah I um I I just can't see it. And for a wide variety of reasons. I mean, they didn't make a ton of they made a lot of moves this year to bring in some some veterans and to stabilize some terrible positions. Uh and he was one of them. You know, obviously Santana is the of the first base DH group. That's the guy. 
Um, but, uh, you know, they were, I don't want to say depending on Choi, but they definitely had plans for him. Sure. And uh, I saw like a counterpoint of, oh, well, they'd have to eat $1.2 million. Yeah. They're, they're the pirates. They're not going to do that. Well, it, it's okay if they do that. I mean, I know the pirates are, you know, basically a poverty franchise, but if a million dollars is you're stressing over a million dollars to cut a guy or not cut a guy, uh, that's not a good sign for the overall health of your franchise. So I don't want that to be the reason why they do or don't cut them. I just don't think they're going to do it. Um, mostly just because it's spring training and, you know, spring training matter numbers do not matter. Right. Uh, I think now maybe they could be worried about the uh, elbow surgery that he had a little bit. They might be getting a little antsy about how that recovery process has been going. And I know the arbitration hearing did not, uh, it was a little contentious, we'll just say, but not friendly, not friendly. Yes. Uh, And I just, it, it just seems like it's much ado about nothing. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I, I think there's a there's a better than 0% chance that he gets released. But, I mean, you can say that for literally any player. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's even if it's like a 0.005% chance that that X player is going to cut, get cut. But, I mean, it's a possible outcome. But it's tremendously unlikely that they actually do anything. They brought him in. They used assets to acquire him. Uh to play a key position that they really don't have any other great option with. You know what I mean? So, uh, I I mean, obviously, again, they have Santana there as well, too, that can potentially play first base. But, again, he offers something different uh, and something that no one else offers right now. So I I think it's, like I said, I I don't even know if it was – I don't even think it was necessarily posed as a thought experiment. I just think people, because of it's spring training and people don't have anything else to talk about, they just kind of ran with it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, so on my end, it's um, there was a tweet that went out that said, um, oh, Andrew McCutcheon finally you know, looking good in spring training. The word is that he was having a, a really bad spring training. Uh, yeah, because it's spring training, and he's been here for 13 years in the majors now, and doesn't really need to be here doing this kind of stuff. And it's Andrew McCutcheon. A lot of people forget that in his early years, uh, he would get off to really slow starts mm-hmm. in April, uh, very worrisome starts. And then he'd have like a month where he'd bat 350 with like a 900 OPS and everything would be fine. So they're not worried about him, especially after 20 at-bats because he's Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, They brought him in for one very specific purpose, and let's not be worried about him because he's not here to wind back the clock to 2015. He's here for nostalgia, sell tickets, provide good leadership, and if he's got anything left in the tank, that's excellent. Um, so I, I found that, uh, dumb, yeah. not as dumb as Matt dog Russo, no. but still very dumb. And let's keep in mind too. He was hurt for some of this, like a very, very, very minor injury, but you know, it, it is nice to see him get a home run and everything like that. But yeah, he's, 
he he's like Mr. June, like, you know, yeah. Just exactly. wait for it. He's going to turn on the afterburners at some point. And like right. you were saying, but if he has to carry the load, then I think the Pirates have a big problem on their hands this year. That's correct. All right. So let's kind of move into the meat here now. And this is a position hot potato. And Steve, you want to kind of lay out the groundwork on this one? Yeah, so as we constantly remind our listeners, spring training numbers are absolutely meaningless. Um, but, you know, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, they're meaningless. But they do impact roster decisions. And um, there are a few position battles that, based on spring numbers, uh, it doesn't really seem like anybody wants them. Uh, or being taken very seriously in them, you know? So, um so at catcher, we have our uh, well. We we had a we had a cut today. Did you did you catch that? A surprise uh, cut today. Who, who um, are we talking about? We're talking about Plowicki. Oh God, they cut Plowicki. Yeah, they did. Um, oh, oh you, my you, God. okay. Well, I I'll get your take on that. But I mean, he was kind of brought in to be the bat, and he had a good game against Boston oh. the other day. Went four, two for four. Um, but he still only had a 588 OPS so far in the spring, you know, and as far as the backup catchers go, I feel like he was getting a lot of playing time. So, but evidently he had some kind of an opt out this weekend and the pirates just sort of beat him to the punch and said, you're not making the team. And (laughs) he cleaned out his locker today and was like, I'm out. I, I don't know how we're going to move on from, from here. I still thought I, I going if we would have recorded the episode yesterday, I would have said he was the favorite to make the team, though. Yeah, but it's he's a he's not a needle mover. No, not a chance. Yeah, right. No, they don't have any needle movers at backup catcher right now that they're actively considering. So or or a primary catcher. Well, that's a good point too. But they at least have somebody that's going to be in that role. <laughs> So uh, Tyler Heineman OPSing a whopping 217. Jason DeLay is actually hitting a little bit. I think he hit, I mean, like, but only in 12 at-bats. I think he hit a home run. So his 750 OPS with 12 at-bats tells you exactly how the other at-bats have gone. Um, so, but, I mean, they've only given him 12 plate appearances. He has. He's hardly played. I mean, can you really, do you really think he's a serious contender? I, for me, with what we're, trying to do here and that's just like keep the seat warm for Andy and or Henry Davis I I would personally be fine with him uh, delay Uh, we saw what Heineman gives you and doesn't give you I mean really I I don't know they're almost interchangeable to me you know Heineman Mm -hmm. or delay sure so I, I guess just to spruce it up I'd say delay I think Delaney gives you a little bit more hit tool. Like, I think he has a better chance of getting on base. But, I mean, I think Heineman's, like, clearly the better, like, defensive catcher. They both, I mean, they can both catch. Like, they're, defensively, they're both fine. But, like I said, Delaney gives me a little bit more upside. But, again, they haven't seen much of him. I mean, like, so I I have a feeling it's going to be Heineman, to be honest. But, again, nobody really wants it or they don't really want to give it to Delay. So, I mean. Yeah. It really bizarre. Like I was shocked when I saw that he only had twelve plate appearances. Yep. Yep. So next up is the uh Boya Bays at second base. And this one is interesting. 
because uh, like there's a large part of me that wants to say that Castro has this has this one already locked up, but the numbers are not good, and there's some other folks that are showing out a little bit. Um, you know, Chris Owings yeah. is having a, a really strong uh, spring again. Caveat. Sure. Doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, an 873 OPS when you're on an NRI, that's that's a way to get a look. Yeah. I, and I think he's given himself an inside track to, uh, to, to make the team maybe based on his spring training numbers. Um, that being said, Rodolfo Castro did hit a home run today when we were recording this. We're recording this on the 23rd. Um, so yep. he did hit a home run uh, this afternoon, sort of late in the game. So that's going to bump his numbers up. But I mean, he's, at, he's sitting at a 562 as of yesterday. Like, um, I mean, again, I think he does have the inside track. I, I mean, I definitely do. I mean, like, he, he played well enough last year um, that it really shouldn't matter what he does in the spring. He should at least have some kind of split of the platoon. Like he's definitely going to make the roster. Like, I don't think there's any question about that for me. Um, but I mean, the other guys, you know I mean? But, but they still went out and, and acquired Mark Mathias. Um, who's hitting, you know, who, who's only hitting a six, uh, six eighty seven OPS. So he's not exactly distinguishing himself either, but they, they went on and got him, you know, part to be a super utility, but I mean, like second base is like, kind of his his thing you know yeah yeah so. yeah it, I, I part of me you know i'm looking on Fangraphs uh mlb roster resource section and they have uh they have matthias and triple a to start the year they have a bench that's what they think of yeah right. yeah they have a bench of heineman bay joe and swaggerty okay and uh, it's kind of hard to argue with those four choices. You know? I think I think Bay is not giving them a reason to actually put him on the team though this spring. Like the, they're actually giving him an ex, like he's 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 got a five twenty OPS. I I know he got a yeah. he had a couple of hits today, an infield single, and I, I think he saw some grass on the other one. But um, <laughs> you know, I, but I mean, he's not moving the needle, and I mean, like he's. You know, he's a guy that they could definitely send down for 45 days and 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 keep him for another full year. You know, um, yep. I, I mean, no, I, I, I could yep. see them playing that game for sure. Like, well, you know, and, and nobody's going to argue with him on that, you know, based on what yeah. he's done. Um, yeah, you could you could very easily swap Bay out for Matthias. Yeah, or Owings, yeah. I, I think one, either yeah. one, I think is is fine. But and Matthias, I think probably might have the uh, the advantage because he is already on the forty man roster. Mm-hmm. So, and we don't even need to talk about Tukapita Morcano at this point, right? I mean, he's clearly Absolutely. getting optioned. Absolutely not. I'm surprised that he hasn't been already. It. I agree with you there. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anybody else that? Uh tickles your fancy that's kind of hanging around a little bit no i mean so the the outfield has a battle as well too but there's some guys that are actually distinguishing themselves i mean like i really kind of want to focus on people that have not been that have that have an opportunity but have not been taking advantage of it in in small sample season of spring training yeah yeah 
So, speaking of guys that uh, you know got sent down, um, a guy that both you and I like, but you and I like him more in July, June or July, and that's Luis Ortiz. Uh, he showed out quite a, quite well last fall, and but we, you and I, both agree that two pitches ain't going to cut it long term, mm-hmm. and my um, man needs to work on his changeup a little bit. Yeah, I don't think that this is like a service time manipulation thing. I think there's some legit work that he needs to get done. Uh, I mean, and again, he's also in the same boat as Bay in the sense that he hasn't really given the Pirates in spring any reason to to keep him up at the major league level. Um, he's actually been pretty, uh, other than, I mean, he had a great appearance for the Dominican Republic in the World Baseball Classic against Israel. And he also had a, uh, I think his first showing of spring training was pretty solid. But the other two, he's been kind of hit around and, you know, having some minor control issues and things like that. So, um, and uh, and again, that changeup that we've been talking about did not play well in spring. So um, you want to know how I know that? How? I literally went back at the I went back and looked at every single uh, at bat that he uh, or every every single batter that he faced in spring, whether it be at the World Baseball Classic or, um, you know, in spring training. And uh, I I I just looked at all of the changeups that he threw and you know sort of placed them you know uh, you know placed them on on the old spreadsheet of Rooney and. Uh, figured out exactly what he did. So uh, so all total in in the, I believe it was eight innings that he's thrown between the World Baseball Classic and the Pirates. Uh, he threw 14 change-ups, okay? So well over half, nine of them were balls, just straight mm. up balls. Okay. All right. So so that's not a great start. Um, I mean, no. they, some of them were pretty, you know, were, were pretty non-competitive, like missed the strike zone by quite a bit. You know, yeah. so um, uh, two balls were put into play as outs. He he out of the 14, he had one swinging strike. So he he, he got one past one batter. Uh, and then there were also two fouls, two that were fouled off. So um, uh, three of the three of the foul balls that makes me that between the, the 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 foul balls and the in play outs, um, there were um Three of those happened at the World Baseball Classic. So in all likelihood, I mean, that kind of shows you, like, that was his best outing in the spring. It was also the day that his changeup was playing the best. So, I mean, that kind of shows you the path as to why maybe this is the uh, the right play for him to work on on, on the changeup, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. So no hits, though. Yeah. No hits allowed. So, I mean, that, that's certainly good, but, you know, the... the Batters are looking at him most of the time, you know. That's right. Yeah, they're watching it just cruise by in the mm-hmm. outside the strike zone. Right. Uh all right. So last on the old rundown here. Um you tell me how itchy you're getting about the bullpen. Uh, because I'm getting a little concerned that as we sit here on March twenty third, the only lefty in the bullpen is Jose Hernandez, the Rule 5 draft pick. Uh, and that's mostly because the guy whose name we most likely have been butchering for months now, Harleen Garcia, uh, still has bicep issues. 
and uh, is not ready to go. So as of right now, the only lefty is a Rule 5 draft pick. Yeah. I mean, well, they have a couple of guys that are... Um, they've got a couple of guys that are on non-roster invites, but one of them's uh Perdomo, and he's been absolute ass in spring training. Really no other way to describe how poorly he's pitched in spring training. Again, these, manos, man, uh, these numbers don't matter, but they do when you're a non-roster invite, you know? Yeah. So, I, I mean, you got to actually, like, you know... It, play pretty well you know and, and he's he's had a lot of opportunities like i feel like he's he's had more than enough ch- times like i'm sure he's thrown more innings than luis ortiz has at this point um you know but uh, you know i, I but and and correct me what's 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 the name of the other non-roster invitee that's uh uh so pitch for canon in the world baseball classic i'm totally blanking on his name like strelsny or Z- zest zestrisny Zestrisny? Yeah. Rob Zestrisny. Yeah, and he's a lefty, right? I'm not... Yes. I'm not... Bl- yeah, I mean, he's actually been pretty decent. I think he's got a chance of making... I, I think he has a chance of making the roster. Um, but no, I mean, it's not great. I mean, I'm not I'm not feeling, like, lovely about it. Um, but, I, I mean, it's it just kind of... Um, goes to show you that you you know you you just got to have some 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 more options i mean you know i i mean gone are the days where you're matching up every single guy you know after the seventh inning with you know a certain handedness i mean you know with the new rules and things like that in place you can't really you know the, the loogies are no more you know for the most part you know so um i mean it's probably not as big of a deal as it used to be but i i mean you know, it's it's still not great. You know, you you, but they, you know they made it last year. They, they didn't have a. I mean, they didn't have a lot of options last year for lefties either, if I recall correctly. Yeah, they also have uh, Zamora, Daniel Zamora, yeah, and Caleb true. Caleb Smith floating around. Okay, so Zamora's um, been optioned already, though, or not optioned, yeah. but he's been assigned to the minor league camp. A- a- assigned, yeah, yeah, but just you know, for whatever that is at this point, you know, yeah. It's not like he can't. Uh, he's banished forever. No, no, he's allowed to. He's allowed to return at some point. So, yeah. So, so they have they have people floating around, but yeah, the uh, the options available to them just are not inspiring a lot of confidence. Yeah, they put their eggs in one basket when it comes to lefties yeah. in the bullpen. They they probably should have signed somebody else that that was maybe a little more capable or a little more major league um, major league ready, but. I guess I, I think Strelzny ends up in there, or if that's again, if that's how you pronounce his name, I have no idea. I'm sorry. This is the this is the episode I bet, where I butcher last names. I bet you that's not how you pronounce his last name. You don't think so? I don't know. I'm I have to him here. Let me look. At, I'm going to actually look at how it's spelled. If I can. Find Zest, I can't. Well, you know what? I can't. Zastrzny is how Zestrzny? I'm Zastrzny. Strelzny. Whatever. I don't care. No. He's no. you know he's not going to be on the team in June it. anyway. So. How do you even spell it? I'm trying to actually look it up right now. This is this is some high quality content, folks. Str- yeah. Z-A-S. T-R-Y. Z-N-Y. You lost me. It's not important. Like yeah, I said, he's going to yeah, be gone. By- but anyway. uh, so before before we sign off, I wanted to share something with you and all of our loyal listeners. Uh, I got some honest to god feedback on the pod. Oh yeah, like yeah, like I was out in the wild, 
you know? Okay. And uh guy came up to me and said, Hey, my I shared it with my my dad and uh actually it was his father in law. Let me strike that. He said, I shared it with my father in law and he really liked it. Oh good. But he said you he said, You guys take forever to get to the point. <laughs> I think so, we got to it this week. This is the first that I'm hearing about it, but I think we, uh, I think we punched through and. I, I guess I, I guess I just want to figure out like, is this a sample size of of one? Is it? A, did we just not play well with like, the the septuagenarian set? Uh-huh. You know, are we are we geared for more fifties and under? Folk? I don't know. We, I mean, we played better. Like our audience at that at, uh, at actual T pop was very, it, basically people that were our age, maybe a touch older. So like probably the thirty five to fifty uh, demo, which you know, we, yeah. I think we were both solidly in through most of the run um, mm-hmm. on T pop. Uh, uh, yeah. I think that was really our most representative set. So, but. Um, I mean, like, yeah, this this podcast is it this is this podcast is about tomfoolery, you know, and dragging it out. You know, we gotta we we gotta get there, you know. This is you know, we'll we'll get there eventually, you know? So when no, I'm just when you start when you start doing a podcast and when you set it up in the off season and you root for the Pittsburgh Pirates, there's gonna be some days where we gotta vamp a little bit. We gotta talk about asteroids hitting the earth people. Right. Right. So Hang in with us, and uh, let's wait until we actually get some real stuff to talk about. <laughs> we will, we will. So, but I do appreciate the feedback though from whoever gave it. If, yeah. if you've listened this far, um, one of the fun things you know we we have a very small audience at this point, uh, as you can imagine, nineteen episodes in. But uh, worth noting that I mean, folks that are listening are listening all the way to the end. So like if if people are hip to this, they're really hip to it and they're they're actually listening to full episodes, which I mean, ultimately that to me, uh, that is the greatest compliment that I can get because, you know, people aren't just tuning out, you know, and other podcasts that I've been a part of, you know, it wasn't even close to this rate of people finishing the actual episode. So would you guys so far as to say we're starting a cult? No, like a cult, like a no. cult, like following. We're not making enough money for that. We could. So we're not making any money, you know. So, which is fine. But that if, was the intention. But if you want to get to a better place in your post life, you should probably consider donating some money to Steve and I. If you really want to get to the promised land. Yeah, could, that's a good I point. A, so my Venmo is. I could be a we, cult. and that's where we end the episode this week. I think I'd be a good cult leader. Okay. What do you bring to the yeah. table as a cult leader? Um, clarity of vision. Willingness okay. to do whatever it takes. Uh, okay. Getting my hands dirty. Yeah. Okay. Convincing other people to do work. Okay. So you That's... also sound like you could be a contractor. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Nothing against yeah, contractors. If, yeah, that's, if that's who's listening, I think you're great people. So, and hardworking. Yes, yes. Except the yes, ones I hire. That's right. I have a few contractors who are pretty upset with me right now. Oh, I bet well. You I bet you they are not listening to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
All right, so next week uh, we're going to be recording a pod probably right after opening day. Uh, so we're just one week out from the start of Real Games, and that'll be exciting. We'll do almost like a, a post-game wrap-up on the pod. Mm. So until then, uh, I am Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli.